May we come up? You find your own tree. Things lot will get a little dicey around here. The approach will not be easy. You're required to maneuver straight down this trench and skim the surface to this point. The target area is only two meters wide. It's a small thermal exhaust port right below the main port. Geocache Talk Podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. Hey everyone, it's time for Geocache Talk. With at work, in the car, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the show. Please give it a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play so you can get all the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Travel Bugs for the music and our patrons, Doug Jones, Joshua and Caleb Slinkard, Tom Brotherman, Jeff Arbaugh, Deborah Burris, Joshua the Geocaching Vlogger, Nick Hubbard, Andrew Teepkin, Cecilia Perez, Sidney Sawyer, Valena Mahar, Jane Jewell, Dana Pugach, Memphis Mafia, Craig Michelle, the Geo Gearheads, Zach Fick, the Deadliest Cashers, Tim Turrell, Neil Moore, Molly the Geocaching Dog, and Dee and David Vickery. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash geocache talk for more details. Patrons get path tags, coins, and other geocaching swag during the year, as well as special invites or invites to special events. And we're having a special event this Wednesday for uh, the patrons. So, um, you know, something to think about in the future for folks. Uh, Support levels start at as little as $3 a month. Well, let me start by introducing... My co-host, Sydney Sawyer. Good morning, guys. Good morning. What is wrong with me? Hey, Good evening. It's, wow. It's morning for some folks. I mean, oh, man. It's been works. a long weekend, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And um, Jesse Lunsford. I'm going to say good morning, too, since somebody in the chat room and Sydney both said that. Maybe there's something going on here. Um, uh, okay, good evening. <laughs> okay, good, good morning. Good evening. Good morning. Good evening. Good evening. Um, okay, quick update. We got a big show tonight, so I'm just going to jump right in. We're just going to dive right in. Quick update on MOGA. And I know I'm pushing MOGA, and we're pushing the ASP Geo Bash. Uh, there's other, there's obviously, there's always other megas, but we're going to these. So it, it means something to us personally. We're, we're taking the time to go. And so we're really encouraging people to go to these, uh, these two megas. Uh, especially because we're going to be there. Come by and see us. Uh, we're doing a uh, Friday lunch, and I bought um, the other day. I got uh, some some door prizes, so we're going to have door prizes at the lunch on that on Friday at noon at the Little Apple Brewery. But we have really big news, which I we we mentioned before, but it's actually kind of become 
I guess, pretty solidified and pretty official. And that is the uh, treasure is going to be shown as part of the Friday official event of MOGA. In fact, they renamed the Friday event to MOGA movie and packet pickup by the pool. So that event is now starting really about is starting at one thirty. Um, one thirty is the, the time that the, uh, meet and greet will start over at the theater and then 2 PM we're lowering the lights and we're showing the movie at the theater. And afterwards, um, we are going to have as a special treat for everyone is, um, Chris Williamson, the director of the movie is flying in from Orlando and he will be there to answer questions about being a director and how he directed the movie and any other kind of questions you might have. And then after that, of course, we're going to go over to the packet pickup and MOGA will sort of uh, kick off with uh, uh, for that evening uh, with the movie. And then we're going to go to go do that and come by our booth. We're going to have a booth there. So anyway, check out more. Uh, online, go to mogageo.com and uh, find out more. Well, let's just ru- let's just jump right into show number forty-four for Sunday, April 9th. Uh, and so we are going to um, talk tonight about DT ratings, and um, we're hoping we might uh, we might have a guest on at some point. We may have our reporter be showing up here in a little bit, but we'll just wait and see what happens. But uh, uh, we're going to jump right in and start. And so, we, go ahead, Jesse. What are you going to say? Uh, we should be checking in with our man at the cash Zach in just a moment. Yes. He's getting himself set up, and it's going to be a good segue into our topic for tonight. Absolutely. We're going to talk. On, in fact, whoa. Here he just comes right of, now. Speaking of. Uh-oh. Hey, guys. Here, now we see him. Hey, Zach. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Oh, pretty good. So where are you at tonight? Well, I heard uh, you're having a conversation about a certain topic tonight. You know what that is? We are. We're talking about difficulty and terrain. Are you somewhere that could help us kind of demonstrate and get that kicked off? Yeah. So if you can see me, I got this hill here. Um, it's about head height to the top there. Okay. Um, so not not too terribly steep, but not also, a, you know, a walk in the park or a handicap accessible cache. Um, but, you know, there's there's not many trees right where I'm standing where ground zero is. There's some around and some brush, but it's it's a pretty simple cache find. Uh, what would you guys or the people in the chat room, uh, what do you think you'd rate this cache? All right, I'm putting that in the chat room right now. Let's see what people say. Show a little bit again, Zach, if you could, while you're standing there. Kind of kind of don't pan too quickly. Yeah. Pan, pan slowly. All right, so we got... We got a beautiful bridge over here, a river, but you know, like in golf, it doesn't come into play here. Right. Uh, we're actually just on the downslope to it. We're sort of on the fringe of the river. Um, and over here, we got trees. Uh, it's basically just a hill with some, this is actually cement. So I don't know if there was concrete. They had this bank, uh, you know, just a concrete bank here and it's cracked over time, but I'm standing on some dirt. I can walk around here. Uh, you got to watch your footing a little bit, but it's not too terribly crazy. Um, but this so one's the, called, it's called cliffhanger, but I mean, we're in South Dakota. I'm not exactly hanging from a cliff here. <laughs> not that you <laughs> wouldn't do that, but oh, yeah, I would. Uh, so, so that's why I came here. I got my hopes up. So Zach, um, 
kind of show us again the view of what, how you got to where you are and kind of describe it for the people that are listening instead of watching. Yeah, it might be a little windy up here, but I just, I mean, you, I just walked up the hill just like that. So you start up here and you're just walking down, <coughs> watching your footing a little. You could take a tumble, but uh, it's not too terribly bad. And we're okay. here. And so we get to here and it actually takes me to this tree. Um, <coughs> hope you guys can see. And right here, um, let's see. If oh, I there's can the, there it. it is. There's the cache right there. Okay, now, so pill, pill bottle hanging on a tree. Right. And it's pretty pretty easy to spot. You walk down to this level, you look over, and it's hard to miss the or- the flashes of orange. And of course, we okay. should we should mention also that um, th- these people uh, who place this cache are no longer in geocaching. So uh, yeah, cache, cache is still alive. So we're to, we're not breaking any kind of. I mean, there's, oh, no, there's nothing going on there with that. So, and we're yeah, not going to get out the GC code for that one. But so we got some guesses in the chat room. Um, we have everything from 1.5 to we got a 1.5 to we got a three. Uh, we got a 2.5. So the highest is three. The lowest is 1.5 for Trey. Yep, highest uh, I got was a, a three on my periscope, kind of introducing the area. I didn't show the cash on that, but. Uh, yeah, earlier in the week, did a little sneak preview, and three was the highest I could get there, and that that seems about right. That's about what I would rate it. I don't know what you guys think. And then uh, we've got a difficulty. Most of the guesses for difficulties are one and one point five. See, there's a two difficulty in there as well. So even from the people that are in there, we have quite a range of difficulty and terrain ratings. And I know that people are watching this on video and trying yeah. to rate it from that purpose, but that's a big that's a big range just for the people we have in the chat room looking at the same information. Yeah, well, do you guys want to know what the actual uh the actual DT is? Yes. Let's hold hear on it. To, Let's hear hold it. on to your hold on to your hats here. <laughs> it's a it's a 3 4 and a half. <laughs> a difficulty <laughs> 3 and a terrain 4 and a half. That's yep. a that's a little uh, too high. Now, we talked before the show, but we we're pretty sure. And Zach confirmed this, if you would. We're pretty sure these people really they were so new to the game that they really probably didn't quite know how to do a difficulty in terrain rating. Yep, they. I think this was one of their only hides, and then uh, they had oh, I don't know, just a couple cash finds. So it's one of those situations where it's just probably inexperience and mm-hmm. um, one of those where you don't want to necessarily reach out and just yell and scream at them about a DT rating but you right. might a gentle nudge of hey we love that you're hiding creative caches and that's a great spot for a cache um, but here let's uh, let's kind of give examples of what some of these DTs look like um, you know and whether it's having them find a few more or just explaining and maybe even sending a link to the, the DT guidelines um, that's mm-hmm. something but uh, like I said, this the people that hid this, I don't see that they're active uh, for quite a while. I think they just kind of were into it for a month or two and um, went about it. But it remains a good DT combo to get off your grid, I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> Easier <no>. than most. <laughs> a couple interesting comments in the chat room, and it's it lends perfectly to what we're going to talk about tonight. Tom said it's not an exact science. Yep. And somebody else said that it may have been – I think Ryan said it may have been moved since the original – so there's two things to consider with 
uh, cashers that are no longer active. And yep. that's kind of what we're talking about is how much it can be subjective too. So oh, yeah. we're going to get into that discussion. Now, were yep. you close enough to show us something else while you were there as well? Yeah, I'm actually at the entrance. You can see this is a culvert here. Um, I'm at the entrance just about 50 feet away. Uh, so if you're in the area, you're coming here, you're getting a huge hint on one of my caches. Um, actually, the GC uh, vlogger, uh, Josh, he did uh, one where you had to do a culvert underneath the parking lot. Well, this one, the icon takes you to uh, kind of an above-ground gravel parking lot. And uh, on there, it's pretty empty. I showed you guys what it looked like. And there's pretty much just an empty steel signpost that no longer has a sign on top of it. And so my DT for this one is uh, four, four and a half. And so when people get to ground zero above ground, it looks like they have to use a ladder to get to the top of the signpost. Um, and then they realize, well, there's no regular size container up here. <laughs> there's nothing. And uh, what they actually need to do is come over here to this culvert and you do a nice long stroll. Uh, most of the time it's wet a little bit here, but it, most of the time it's uh, flowing water pretty good. So you got to kind of dog or uh, duck waddle all the way back for about a quarter mm -hmm. mile or further to get to mm -hmm. ground zero and make the find. So uh, I don't know uh, what people think of the four, four and a half, but uh, I felt that was pretty accurate and it's a tough find underground. Cool. Yeah. Very got... interesting. That's a, that's a big difference between those two caches. Oh yeah. yeah. And you, cause uh, like you said, you have no idea you know, what, what, what's going on in there. I mean, so you really, the, the difficulty could be pretty high cause <clears throat> I don't know, I'm not there, but knowing you, Zach, I'm sure it's not some gigantic, gigantic ammo can sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one, it's, uh, more it's actually pretty clever. It's just, a, a um, it's hidden well, well away, but it's a mm -hmm. nice, um, uh, it's like a tote type thing, just filled with pens. And the hint is you don't have to bring your own pen. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yep. So, but, well, I'm going to go check on it, do a little uh, owner oh, maintenance okay. here. Uh, <clears throat> All right, bring well, you guys along for the ride. Well, that sounds good because, uh, um, you know, we'd like to kind of see, you know, a little bit about where you're going and everything and what's all kind of in there. So, oh, oh, uh -oh. oh what, what we what can never happened? keep up with that guy. <clears throat> what just happened? Well, we may have an opening for another reporter. So, hopefully, actually, hopefully he's okay, and we'll hear something back from him soon. Hopefully, he'll get back in touch with us. Yeah, te text, <clears throat> text Zach. Make sure everything's okay in there. Because all right, I'll get on that. You know, well, you might not have cell service <clears throat> in that big tunnel. Well, that or you know, alligators in South Dakota. Well, you know. <laughs> You never there could know. Be, you know, they go down the drains, and that's where they live. That's right. right, like the one that lives under New York City. Right, exactly. You know what I'm there's talking one about. In, there's one in South Dakota, right? I I heard that somewhere. Yeah, there was a uh, sci-fi. <clears throat> it's on the Sci-Fi Channel. I saw a movie about that. So, uh, several people in the chat room are getting ahead of us already, and they're posing some of the questions that we're probably going to get into tonight. So we better get started and, and get into the topic before they finish it for us. All right, <laughs> let's let's get going. <clears throat> So, oh my God, he's back! Oh, he's alive. He's, wait, he's alive. Hey guys, he's okay. not dead. Hanging out on a bridge. He's okay now. <laughs> he is actually hanging off a bridge. He is right hanging now. off a bridge. <laughs> Thanks for checking checking back in and let us know you're Absolutely. alive. Absolutely, Houdini's alive. 
we were so. worried. We were we were thinking crocodiles, so we're glad to hear you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, All right. guys. All right, Zach. All stay right. safe. Take care, Zach. See you later, buddy. All right. Okay, let's get going. All right. I want to read these so we have a context, if that's okay. okay. All right. We're going to start with difficulties. Uh, uh, and I'm going to read, well, I'm going to read both. The, the, ter- the difficulty uh, for a one and a terrain for a one. And we'll go back and forth. So... Uh, difficulty one it says easy to find or solve within a few minutes terrain one the hike is less than 0.5 mile or 0.8 kilometers depending on what which side of of the pond what part of the world you want to live in and it's wheelchair accessible attribute required must most likely paved and flat that is a one star dt one and a half, easy to find or solve within 10 to 15 minutes. The terrain on that on one and a half is the hike is less than 0.5 mile or 0.8, most likely flat, but not but may not be wheelchair accessible. <clears throat> Number uh, two stars. Uh, the D rating, relatively easy to find or solve within 30 minutes. The T rating, the hike is less than two miles or three kilometers along well-defined paths with no significant elevation change or overgrowth. Two and a half stars, a mild challenge, but relatively easy for an inexperienced geocacher. Terrain may have small elevation changes or moderate overgrowth. Three stars, a somewhat challenging puzzle or hiding spot. The hike may be more than two miles, three kilometers, on varied terrain, too difficult to ride a bike due to elevation changes or significant overgrowth. Three and a half stars, quite difficult. Be prepared for a mental challenge. Uh, The T rating on a three and a half would be quite strenuous. Extended hike on wild, widely, wildly, wildly varied, widely varied terrain. <clears throat> Four stars. Uh, the D rating, very difficult. It may take special knowledge, advanced preparation, or multiple trips. The T rating on a four star would be very strenuous m- movement, very strenuous movement that may include significant distance, overgrowth, swimming, or elevation changes. Four and a half stars. The D rating is extremely difficult. Most likely requires special knowledge or skills. The T rating on a four and a half. Extremely demanding movement over potentially hazardous terrain. And then the good old five star. The D on a five star would be the most extreme mental challenge. Requires special knowledge, skills, tools, or significant effort to find, solve, or open. The T rating on a five star says this. Requires specialized equipment such as scuba gear, a boat, rock climbing gear, or similar. That is what we are going to be talking about tonight. Those ratings. Should be a good show. And to start off, because I always get excited when we talk about this, as Gary's witnessed in person, um, I'm going to make my first disclaimer saying that (laughs) This just like I think it was Tom that said it early in the 
early in the chat room, it's pretty subjective. Just with what we read, even with that big long description, it's very subjective as to what, you know, what is extremely difficult for one may not be for another and mm -hmm. how far of swimming still keeps it at a certain terrain or when you need a boat. Um, and then the second part of that disclaimer is I know that I, before I talk about anybody else's caches, I have made mistakes on rating my own caches, mm -hmm. both through inexperience <clears throat> and just lack of knowledge and having something to compare it to with others. So before we say anything about it, anybody else's, right. I'm going to fully admit that I've, and I still have ones that I think are rated poorly, but there's a problem with changing anything now we can get into later. But yep. so that's my disclaimer to start off. <laughs> the good. second thing I would like to say is uh, kind of get it started is the bleed over effect from terrain and difficulty to each other. I don't know if you've noticed that the two of you have noticed that, but you tend to see a cache that's stuck way on top of a mountain somewhere and the terrain's really high, but it's sitting out in the open the the difficulty tends to creep up even if it's not. Have you noticed that in yes. your part of the country as well? Absolutely. Sometimes, yeah. And Ryan pointed out too, caches do change over time. The terrain can change. Mm -hmm. But you you know, that's where you find those really rare DT combinations of like one five or five one. Nope. They seem seem to creep up with each other when you when you increase one of them like that. Now Sydney, do they do do you have any uh, cash owners around you that they will change terrains based on like whether it's f you know, on a island and it's frozen or I mean does does weather do you have anybody who does a lot of crazy like changing of the terrains and the difficulties based on weather up there in I've never heard of anyone doing that I don't know why you would I wouldn't because either, but, mm -hmm. then if someone I mean, there's a lot of those instances here, mostly because water freezes right. up here. <laughs> and um, fr Frequent amounts at times. Right. So in essence, some of those caches might be easier to get to. But if you're changing it, that's going to mm. mess with everyone that found it when it was harder. It's sure. going to make their stats change, and then they're going to throw a big hissy fit about it. So, so, if, so if in uh, upper New York, where you're at, if, the, if you've got... <laughs> you got two feet of snow, then um, you uh, you just have to assume that the D rating is now dip more difficult because it just happens to be more difficult because of the weather. <laughs> right. Okay. Exactly. Right. Go ahead, Jesse. Sorry to disrupt you. I was looking at the chat room. Some people said they've seen this before too. And here we have even like a simple one one LPC. Hmm. Well, there's definitely times of the year where it's covered with snow and frozen shut yeah. um but i i don't think now that discussion has come up before I mean, but i don't think that makes it any more difficult or or the terrain any higher just because there's currently weather around it there's snow on top of it now technically if it was always like that you would need a shovel to pry it open and to dig the snow off which i do keep in my jeep but i, I don't think you can rate it based on what it is sometime of the year but that's and, my opinion on it. And a shovel, that's specialized equipment, right? I would say that's a tool of the trade. <laughs> I agree. Just got to keep it in your bag. Keep it in your bag. I tried to th throw a pit in front of uh, Jesse to make him say <laughs> that that was a specialized equipment, but it's not. So, All right, continue. <laughs> okay. You may continue. Um, 
So let's jump into another common one. And I've already seen this. We got to get there now because it's already come up in the chat room. Uh, tree climb. Automatically uh, T5? No. <coughs> Gary? Gary's blowing his I nose currently. Sorry, I'm, I'm coughing and, sp- and spewing up this uh, during a podcast. So, uh, no. It, well, you know what? I used to think that. I'll be honest with you. For, for many years, I thought that if you had to, if you have it above where I can reach, and I'm short, so if it's above where I can reach, it's a T, it's a T five. But I, I understand now that was, you know, when you're first trying to, when you're first learning this kind of thing, you really kind of until you get some experience. Uh, that's something I think that <clears throat> some people might think, but I understand now that that's not because especially, especially when you read it. Uh, which I think is really good that we, we kind of read those and that's the whole thing about specialized, uh, a ladder is not special equipment. Oh, you just, uh, you just stepped on Tom right then. He said that exactly at the same time you did. He said it has become a T five because you need a ladder. I, right. Well, that's and, a common <clears throat> thought. Yeah. And that he brought that up, which, um, kind of gets into a whole other skewed thing, which is, do we rate these based on <clears throat> your age and ability, <clears throat> Jesse, or uh, Sydney's age and ability, or my age and ability? I mean, we're or Zach's age <clears throat> and ability, or Zach's age and ability, <laughs> which is not fair for the rest of us. So right, but but you see what I'm saying is he he'll go oh well, that's nothing. So we can't escape this one that easy. So when does a tree climb become a T5? 50 feet up? 20 feet up? I think it depends on the tree. Like if the tree has like branches and stuff you can climb on, it's probably not a five. But if it's just like straight up in the air, like nothing to hook onto or step on, then it's probably a five. So somebody said ladder makes it a T5. Or I, I've seen some where you need like professional climbing equipment to get up some of these trees. Ah, there we go. Now we're talking about a T5. Now, what's interesting is what Sydney's bringing up, though, that may up the D rating because it's more difficult. Like the one that you found uh, when we were uh, when you were down with uh, down visiting. It was it wasn't something obvious. In fact, we stared at the trees for a while trying to figure out where it was. If it was a large container, then the dif- the difficulty would have been should be lower. But since it was very small and well hidden in the tree, the difficulty would have then been higher, which it was. And so right. there's the difference. The and we we actually pulled the internet up when we were talking about this when we got the idea for this show and looked and we're reading through it and debating it. The difficulty is the effort the effort needed to solve and find the cache and logbook at GZ. Physical effort, uh, the terrain is the physical effort needed to arrive at the coordinates. Right. So that it does kind of overlap a little bit, and there is some bleed over there. Mm-hmm. You know how how hard is it to find once you get there? Once you get to the location of where the cache is. Right, and we I, I mentioned to you about a friend of mine who he got to a tree, did the tree climb, but when he got up there, he found that there was uh, two or three red herrings in the tree. So, mm-hmm. 
That is evil. <laughs> that's very bad, isn't it? So um, the terrain... Evil, but that's on the difficulty side. That's on the difficulty side, exactly. Yeah. See, that's a good example. Okay. So, still, before we go past the tree, so if you can get there by climbing, like Zach can climb off of bridges and swing and fly and do all that other stuff, just because he doesn't use special equipment, if a normal human would use special equipment, does that rate a T5? Where do you draw the line? Yes. Yes is the answer to that? That's yes. where you draw the line? <laughs> No, I, I mean, I'm going to sidestep that one. <laughs> uh, Sydney? Uh, yes. See, there yes. you go. I just see how I deflected that one. No, so you said what, you said specialized equipment. So, I, so we're going to jump right into that. Is that what you're saying? We're I not think, getting away from it? I think that specialized equipment requires a terrain to a five. Well, yeah. Some specialized equipment, right? Well, that's where the definition oh, is. Oh, there that's we the go. Definition of t- um, so, for example, one of the things I've been tweeting out all week, or, well, for part of the week, was a snowmobile. Is a snowmobile considered a specialized piece of equipment? Or is that, uh, as we uh, was it, we argued and debated in the car for about an hour as we were running around Dallas-Fort Worth doing, your, doing challenge caches and other stuff, <laughs> is a boat? Specialized equipment. I mean, it's there's nothing special about a boat. However, in the definitions you just read, yes. it said required specialized equipment requires specialized equipment such as scuba gear, a boat, rock climbing gear, or similar. So a boat is listed as specialized equipment. So that should be a T five. Yeah, well, that's true. Snorkeling <laughs> is snorkeling equipment considered. I mean, I can buy snorkeling equipment. I can buy a boat too. I mean. Well, what's the, how does it, bec- when does it become special? <laughs> When's it, when is it special? I mean, I could buy, I, I think a, it's a, the extreme stuff. <laughs> well, ladder, a ladder, you get an extended ladder. That's, that's a specialized piece of equipment. It's not but a regular that You can ladder. pick up at like your regular hardware store. I can pick up a boat down the road too. I mean, <laughs> sure. It's hard. It's funny because somebody, some smart person in the chat room named Susan, Oh boy! <laughs> Said so instead smart. of debating this without an answer, we should get a ground speak lackey on. Who thinks that would happen? Oh my! Well, we, that we, is we, a <clears throat> mind that they would not want to step in. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I couldn't imagine they would. They would come on and debate difficulty terrain ratings. Now, There's no way. We are having geocaching HQ on. In a, in a couple of weeks, which we'll talk about at the end of the show, but that's to talk about geo tours, a whole other topic. Right. We can just throw this when when they're on. We'll just be like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" By the way. Yeah. Right. But there's no way we're going to sabotage her with, uh, "Hey, so them. what do you think about?" Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just ambush them. No, we won't do that to them. That's that's cruel. But <clears throat> it's a great it's a great thought. I mean, as far as what and let's. Okay, are we, are we gonna? We can't debate specialized equipment all night, but well, we can. I lo- I know we can. We can be on all <laughs> night. We can do a very long show. But I like the next question, though. I'm really, I'm, I'm really kind of wanting the three of us to really get into the next one, which is the how far do you have to walk to make it significant? Now the 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 directions say uh, is it okay? Can we move? Do we want to? I don't want to jump ahead unless we're ready. So. We, we can jump ahead. I think we're 
we're trying to stay ahead of the chat room and they're getting ahead of us already. Okay. So. All right. Um, it says less than two miles mm-hmm. is two stars or potentially. Yeah. Less than a mile, less than half a mile is either one or one and a half, depending upon whether it's wheelchair accessible. Right. Okay. Less than two miles is, uh, is a two. Two and a half is vague in the little thing because it just says um, terrain may have small elevation changes or moderate overgrowth. I assume it's also two miles because three stars are, is the next one, which is more than two miles, but it doesn't say how far more than more than two miles. And it just says varied terrain. And it talks about elevation changes. I'm I'm kind of um, I'm kind of not happy with the way they define these because an elevation change for me in East Texas is not going to be anything near what your elevation changes are, Jesse, up in the Rocky Mountains. That's true. So to me, if I'm jumping in there and, and rating some of the ones around here and. and We'll see what the the chat room says because we got people from all over. It looks like mm-hmm. a terrain. Let's let's go towards the middle because we've talked kind of about a five star terrain. That's specialized equipment. You know, you got a mm-hmm. got a boat, scuba, parachute, whatever. Hey, parachute. Maybe that's yeah. one. Right. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Uh, let's let's go somewhere towards the middle, like three point five stars. Mm-hmm. So quite strenuous, extended hike on widely variable terrain. To me, that means up and down. What what would the limit of that be with for an average person in your area? So out here, maybe a thousand feet. We're not talking about a fourteener, but we're talking maybe, yeah, maybe a thousand foot elevation change. Elevation change on a path of some type, but up but, to maybe seven miles. It says quite strenuous extended hike mm. on widely variable terrain. Mm. Or is that a very strenuous? Sydney's like, um, it gets really like vague in like the three to four and a half range. Like, I don't even know what some of this means anymore. Like at the beginning, they they sound really good. Like they give incremented miles and flat surfaces and stuff. But in the middle, it's kind of hard to pick. I mean, very so squishy. one thing brought up in the chat room and. I know that uh, we've talked about them before too. We've got them in the show notes for people that haven't used them before, but there are two online rating systems mm-hmm. to kind of solve some of this. It's still pretty vague because it's a low number of questions. One of them is done by Clayjar. I think that's right. That's the one that's linked often, most often, and you answer a few questions about the terrain. And the other one is by TechBlazer. And it takes kind of the DT ratings and asks you questions about the terrain and stuff like that. And it'll give you a general guideline. The interesting thing about Tech Blazer is it'll give you uh, 0.25 and 0.75. Mm-hmm. So it'll say it can come out as a 3.75. And it'll say you're kind of in between three and a half and four. Right. So that may give people, you know, kind of a even more vague guideline. Yeah. <laughs> A vague guide within the vague guide of of where to put it. And what's interesting about uh, about Tech Blazer too is it gives you the elevation, like <clears throat> scope, like uh, how how what degree is the 
is the the terrain you're going up how steep is the terrain oh that's right it does which, doesn't it which i think is fascinating yeah so i mean <clears throat> and this is something well i guess we're really going to talk about probably at the end but something to think about is should we should we um I don't know how to put it. Uh, we should should we um, suggest to our uh, listing friends that maybe it's time to have more more uh, uh, more detailed rating system. And we'll talk about that later. But go ahead, keep going. That's funny. We're getting some interesting things from the chat room too. One of them, uh, Ed just brought up, is a cache that's here in Colorado. It says a small lock and lock hidden in a boulder field under a rock, a uh, nine mile hike with over 4,000 feet of elevation change. 1.5, 4.5. Four and a half terrain. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. See, and that's the problem I have is I, I tend to, um, even to, even to this day, I have trouble not allow, not separating, uh, Ter difficulty in terrain. I really, I really struggle with that because, to me, if you've gone, if you have to go that far, and because of the difficulty of it, it becomes a T five. But it really isn't. I know that. But well, it's hard not to think that way uh, because it's nine miles up a mountain, right? Right. But it's just hiking. It's no specialized equipment. But I think many of us would just automatically hiking. think <laughs> that's easier for you just to say. Hiking. Just hiking. Yeah, it's nothing. But I it. think many of us, you know, tend to do that same thing. They they tend to think, oh, that's a five then. Uh, and I've I've had this. I've made the same choices in some of my caches as well. Because it, you know, you, you think, well, this one's a nine, and I rated it a four and a half. Well, this one's a thirteen mile hike, so got to be a five. That's like a five and a half. <laughs> <laughs> which right which gets into one of our one of the many discussions we had on our uh the day we were doing this discussion was i think and then I, you kind of you, you mentioned what you said but i think it should be at least one to ten not one to it should be five stars it should be one to ten that way you can get a much better i mean you don't have to go crazy you don't have to make it one through a hundred or something but i really believe though that one to ten would really help Cindy, what do you think on this and then i'll I'll offer my opinion. Mm -hmm. Well, the one thing I was thinking, obviously for Jesse, there's a lot of mountains and, you know, high stuff that Colorado people do all the time. Easy. Take that, take that, um, how you want. Um, just kidding. <laughs> um, hike, hiking and stuff is mm -hmm. big in Colorado. You have 14,000 foot mountains to climb. And, but like here in New York, there's nothing even close to that high. So I feel like the terrain ratings that in New York might be different than those in Colorado. Just because people aren't people in New York are not accustomed to hiking up 14,000 foot mountains. But, you know, something that will be more difficult around here might not be as difficult for Jesse if he came here to do it. So that lends to the question, should terrain be subjective by area? Ooh. I think so. That's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. That's uh, <clears throat> that's tough. I mean, you know, like Sydney said, um, what if... Oh, gosh, I don't know. Because... Um, 
terrain terrain is is well let me ask this of you too is terrain the the more difficult of the of the of the rating system than the do you, do you feel like the d is much easier to to no as a, ca- as a cash owner okay <laughs> not even close not even close right in my opinion but um the uh you know i guess so some people do say that they think it should be subjective um and i guess it has to be kind of because it's what the people in your area are used to that's which is how you also say. do your difficulty once we get into that but um you know if if there was only one mountain in texas mm-hmm. and the caches there would obviously be rated way higher on terrain than anything else than anywhere else in the state. So I guess that makes sense that it would be from state to state to state as well. Well, I mean, um, Joshua, the geocaching vlogger and some others have done uh, vlogging at the highest point in Iowa is the highest point. (laughs) Is this the highest point? Iowa automatically become a T five. Isn't that like 250 feet? I know, but it's funny though. <laughs> it's it's there's a cache there, and we actually met. Uh, we had some people at our event who uh, who owned that cache. It was kind of cool, but I mean, <clears throat> no, I, I mean I, I'm going to go out on a limb. You like that? And say nah, that um, I I'm going to say that that the the T rating is should be set no matter no matter what part of the world you live in. Hmm. That's I don't think tough. I agree. That's tough though, because if you live in the Alps or somewhere, or Colorado or Alaska, yeah. I what think- if you're like one of those Sherpas or whatever that help people climb Mount Everest? Then nothing is really that hard for you, right? Yeah, they oh. walk up Everest. They don't even need specialized equipment there. We need to look that up because um, Josh and Liz, uh, peanuts or pretzels, they actually went to um, the Everest Base Camp geocache. So we need to look that one. Up. I'm gonna look that one up real quick because that should be like a T5, right? It is. Is it? it I is. would think so. It is. You can look it up. I don't know the exact, but it's a T5. As is the where I go. That's nearby. Ooh. That you but, have to summit, I believe, to base camp. Jesse would know that there's a where I go. <laughs> it has never been found yet. So. Oh man, it's on Jesse's bucket list. <laughs> How did you guess? <laughs> How did you guess that was on my bucket list. But why? Why is it a T five, Jesse? Because uh, it's Everest, and it takes a lot of specialized gear and equipment to get there. You have to stay overnight. You have to take in oxygen and camp multiple trips. Um, you also have to get permits and a lot of serious climbing gear to get there. You can't just walk up there. So. Unless you're a Sherpa and, you know, they're like superhuman. Normal humans cannot get there without very specialized equipment. So I think that would count. (laughs) So so, (laughs) oxygen and climbing gear would would count in my opinion. Hey, oxygen is not specialized. If you need some oxygen, come on down. There's some in this room right now. I give it to you. (laughs) Here, I got some right here in my hand. Just put it in like a cup and put your hand over it and... That's there right. you go. That's it. Right, I've got this default back to the climbing gear then. <laughs> Specialized equipment right in my hand. That's right. Okay. Right. That's true, though. I mean, you know, it has to take the specialized equipment, right? So that climbing gear would be what does it, not the crazy terrain. Also the crazy terrain, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I've never been there, but that place sounds pretty intense. I'll have to go check it out. I'll have to report in from that one. (laughs) Yeah, get right on there. Yeah. All right, we got to get into difficulty here in a moment. Let's we'll get into difficulty. This that's a whole other can of worms we're going to get into tonight. But do we want to do we want to put a uh, do we want to do we want to wrap up uh, terrain? I know it's 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 a topic that we could probably go on forever. But so yeah, the answer is it's very subjective, and we know that. And I think we have similar opinions as everybody in in the chat room has kind of brought up. Um. But uh, if we're going strictly by what it says on Groundspeak's website, there's often times where we make natural mistakes on rating terrain. Yes. And one one thing before we get into the difficulty dis- discussion, I just want to mention this now, and then we'll, mm-hmm. we'll we'll get into the hot hot and heavy on the difficulty, and then that'll probably uh, kind of wrap up the show. But um, – Something I want to mention. This is something that may be helping would be helpful for us as cash finders and also as cash owners. And we all need to be cash owners. Don't get me started if you don't own a cash. Um, but that's a whole other show. <laughs> um, if you own a cash or if you're looking for a cash, there's a couple things that you probably want to do. Not only look at the DT rating, but you need to look at attributes because <clears throat> if you are unsure then hopefully the cash owner and if you are the cash owner hopefully you will do this you need to put quality attributes do not ignore attributes when you are looking at a cash or if you are creating a cash please 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 take the time and put proper attributes on your cash also give a good description you like my little rant this sounds like something Gary is very passionate right. about look I've had it with you people. I've had enough of it. I'm tired of it. And we're going to do this right. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we need better. We need to have better descriptions. I've seen a lot of bad descriptions out there on caches. I'm not happy. I'm not happy about it. Also, uh, if you're a cache, uh, you're searching for one. If you wish, it's also very subjective. Or it's up to you. But if you want to read, read prior logs or look at other photos to help you to determine if their DT rating is correct or not. So there's my public service announcement for tonight. Before we move on to difficulty, hold on. Okay. okay. One thing we we jumped over, we kind of got focused on the hired terrain as the most important part. Yes. But there's a reason for terrains to be accurate besides your DT grid. Um, the one terrain rating is also important for people that are handicapped or in a wheelchair and they need to know that they can go to the cache safely. Um, it's not just about, uh, I filled out that little top left square. Um, people of certain abilities have to select caches based on that, that attribute that now automatically populates when you do a one terrain, uh, you have to agree to it when you do the one terrain setting. But there's also a website in the link, and we won't have time to get too much into it, but I think it's very important. It's called handycaching.com, and they will actually go back and rate caches that are a one terrain and put a note on there to let people know that they are actually handicap accessible and safe for somebody with certain conditions to go out and find. So that's just the the soapbox Mm -hmm. on the other end. Don't put a one if it's not actually a one. Right. That's just as important as the five on the other end. So. 
And, you know, I think it's important too that we we don't we don't forget that in the sense that uh, I think probably people with, with with smaller children too might look at a one one and go, you know, my um, even though I was being careful, but that may be something that even though it's sort of uh, not only handicap accessible, but it might be something and if it's kid friendly, this might really f- factor into having smaller kids find. Mm-hmm. So, but I agree with you. In fact, that's something that. Um, I'm going to try to do more of too, is if I can, if I can place a cache that is handicap accessible, I need to do, a, I need to do a, a few of those as well. And like you said, instead of just looking at the crazy stuff, you know, the, the, the heart, the difficulty as far as terrain, it could be, a, it could be a, a very high difficulty, but the terrain is where we need to do. We need to try to do some train ones thinking along those lines too. Very good. Very good. Jesse. All right, so now the difficulty. Ah, uh, the D, the D of the D, DT rating. How do you rate a difficult puzzle? Hmm. Oh boy! Oh boy! I don't Sid- have puzzles. Sydney, <laughs> I think puzzles are really hard to figure out because obviously, well, some people probably put in how difficult their puzzle is and kind of put that in with their rating for the cash. But some other people might just say, I'm just putting the difficulty as how hard it is to find the cash once you have the coordinates. So that's also something you have to figure out. Oh, Gary, what do you have there? <laughs> I have something that should help me, but I need to get better at how to puzzle cash by Cully Long. It's a great book. I'm. I have no. Uh, I get nothing out of this by advertising this. Just the fact that I got the book. But, um, yeah, I'm not good at this, but I need to get better at it. And I am not good at puzzles either. And so, something that is probably really simple for one person is not so simple for me. <laughs> So that's why I think it's really hard to rate puzzles and I kind of stray away from hiding them sometimes because I really have no idea. Like I have vast knowledge in this topic, but does anyone else have any knowledge about this? I have no idea. And I think that's different per area too. There's a certain style of puzzles that seem to congregate in, in an area and everybody in the area are used to them and they can solve them in no time. But that may not be the style that we have here or you have there. Mm-hmm. That, that one's right. a hard one for me because I've put out puzzles and, you know, sometimes you think, oh, this is going to be a super hard one and it's like a five second solve for somebody or sometimes you think it's going to be easy and you're a little too vague and it takes somebody forever to solve it. So I, I've always had trouble with that one. I don't I don't know how everybody else is and the chat room has a mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody just said puzzles should be outlawed. There you go. <laughs> that solves it right there. No more puzzles. We're good. No, we don't even have to have the difficulty discussion. Well, that's just for puzzles, um, which is we got to get into a whole. This is we're not we're not even we're not near done with this this thing here. Oh boy. So, so let me, go ahead with with puzzles. Here's another example too. So, we, and then we'll. But if we get time, we get to talk about why you should or should not change the difficulty rating. Mm-hmm. But when a puzzle first comes out, it's pretty novel. Like when people first started, or at least when I first started seeing people hiding white text, you know, yes. in, in the mm-hmm. cache page. Well, it's it's hard the first time you see it, just like that first time you see a fake bolt. Right. Or people hide information in the code, in the HTML code. 
first time you ever see one of those, that was hard to find. Right. But now it's pretty standard for a lot of people as information gets out there or, you know, like ROT 13. Everybody knows that. But if there's another similar one like that, so does it get easier over time? Right. Or somebody like Jennifer that we've had on the show from Team AJK, she, she can do a uh, – she could do a puzzle in seconds. I mean, does so when she puts out a hide, she's got to take into account that. I mean, she's got to try to figure out what the average cashier is, right? Yeah, I think yeah. I also recommend having someone try and solve your puzzle before you, you know, put it out because you may be thinking, "Oh, this is so easy." whatever and then you give it to your buddy and they're like i have no idea what you're talking about here so that is something i would also recommend if you're putting out a puzzle cache see get some feedback from someone else before you publish your cache mm -hmm. very much so yep i agree so somebody asked if that book that you have is a special tool oh <laughs> Specialized equipment. It's good question. Specialized it's, equipment. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a tot. It's not specialized. Just a tot. Okay. Just, All right. Just a tot. Um, now, this is interesting because I, I got to ask you about this, Jesse. Well, Sydney, too. Okay. But um, how many of the old challenge caches we, f we, we found, you and I found a whole slew of them. Mm -hmm. That were D5, T5, mm -hmm. and I found some of them because I just walked up and grabbed it and handed it to you and said, let's sign this. Mm -hmm. I, I signed it. Of course, I can't claim it yet because some of those, but um, you did a lot of work to get to a point where you could claim that challenge cache. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, I think, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but back in the day, that was worthy of a t5 d5 and nowadays it's not or what's this what's the story on those so i've hidden several of the new challenge caches and and done several of them the old conventional wisdom was people would rate and you see this several times on the cache page this cache is rated at a five five based on the work you have to do like the jasmer a lot of times jasmers or the 50 state um challenge where you have to find a cache in all 50 states they rate that challenge based on the difficulty and terrain of accomplishing it. Um, the new wisdom and actually the new guidelines say that the difficulty of a challenge should be based on the requirements to complete it, but the terrain should be based on finding that cache. Mm. Unfortunately, because we can't have anything black and white, it says <laughs> we suggest this. Right. So it's still not even an absolute rule because I've still seen brand new caches that come out that still have that old line in it saying the difficulty and terrain are based on this. This cache is actually a 1.5, 1.5. Hmm. So um, again, very subjective, right? I guess they, right. At, least, at least they put that in the, the difficulty. Right, That's I guess true. they put it in the description, but okay. Um, okay. So um, anyway, <laughs> so, so in, in, uh, uh, to, to continue this sort of weird discussion about, uh, difficulties, both you and Sydney mm -hmm. rec recently completed something of interest. You both did a, what do you call the, the rooms, the oh. escape rooms, escape, escape rooms. Room. Okay. Yes. 
I was like, what did I do? I'm yeah, so confused. Like, I didn't know Sydney, where you were going with this either. Sydney's like, what is Gary talking about? No. So in in the um in the in the um uh what am I trying to say? I have uh, no idea. <laughs> uh you know, in in that kind of in that kind of vein uh, of a of an escape room could you create now that you've both seen this kind of thing, could you create a difficulty five event? Ah, apparently Jesse knows. I have an thought idea. of this already. <laughs> Not T5. You well, have an idea. Yes. So that actually came up in the chat room earlier too. And I, and people were talking about it and I was dying to jump in at the time. Okay, we're there. So um, let's start with let's start with a D five, and then Jesse has an idea. I think for a D five T five. But what now that you've done an escape room, mm-hmm. Sydney? What do you think about? Could do you think you could create a D five event? I probably could come up with an idea. Okay, like you have to figure out something, sort of puzzle, to be able to get to the event location. But I don't know if the reviewer would go for that. Ah, good. That's a good point. Yeah. So the interesting thing about, and there have been, and still are, if you go on geocaching and look through the filter, there are five, five events and CEDOs out there. Um, the coordinates cannot be hidden for an event. I've actually asked my reviewer if there's any exception to that, <laughs> and he says no. <laughs> so, so you, so you can't uh, take the cords and make them into a puzzle. No, they have to have be to clearly solve. posted on the cache page for the event. Okay. Um, and we're not talking about terrain; we're just talking about difficulty now, right? So, yeah. Um, I think we've all, and the chat room has been talking about it. The the T five part, we can imagine that quite quickly. Right. The D five part, the only idea I came up with, and I haven't got an answer to it yet, was like a reverse escape room. So I think that's where Gary was going with this. So um, I just did an escape room for last night. uh, And of course, you know, it was my wife and I were there and and it was a blast. And the whole time I'm thinking, how could I make a geocache out of this? But uh, (laughs) um, so my idea, and I don't know, people in chat room may have a different opinion and y'all too may as well. So you put uh, an event on an island. So now you've got your T5 part, right? Because you had to boat out to it. So... But on that island, it is now cover, uh, surrounded by an event, uh, a, a fence around your event, and they have to solve a puzzle to get through the gate to your, to your event. Clearly posted coordinates, but a difficulty five puzzle to get through the gate. It's, it's public. Would that be legal? Yeah, it's public. It, it's no. public, so people. It's not like private property, so you can't. Because we talked about this a little bit, is you can't. It, it'd be kind of cool to do an escape room event, but you really can't because mm-hmm. that's. Uh, you can't. Um, well, I don't know. Right. It's limited to the people that can go in. Right. You have to have it like after the event. Yeah, and so this theoretical island that has that you have a fence around the location, uh, you give the coordinates, but you can't get to the event unless you <laughs> solve some kind of riddle or something to get the door to open of the gate to get to it. I feel like 
We're talking about that scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail where you have to answer the right, <laughs> right. questions to get across the bridge. Right. What is your quest? Yes, exactly. Yeah, somebody said a labyrinth maze to get to the event. That would work as well, right? Ooh, like a corn maze or something? Yeah, like a corn maze to get to GZ. And then, like, you're meeting at the middle? That would be cool. Okay, now, is that a five? Depends on Depends how hard, on the, hard the maze is. Yeah. <laughs> In the dark. Dang it, I set With that no up too good. Because... If it was an extreme mental challenge or required specialized skills, oh, tools. Gosh. <laughs> and you're blindfolded. Oh, yep, there you oh. go. Tot. 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 So now, uh, if, if you could if you could swim to that island, it's not a five. Because swimming is not... If you can swim to it, it's not a five. T, it's not a T5, right? Right. Quickly, what is it? It's a four. Oh, there you go. It's a four. It's See? not even but, a 4.5. So what constitutes four and a half, the right? difference between needing a boat? Couldn't you also swim, technically? I think drowning is the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, how far can you swim? I, I can tell you how far I almost couldn't swim one time because <laughs> I went to a T5 that had the boat attribute on it and I swam you realize to the Chris two islands and almost did not make it. That was oh my almost gosh. my last cash. Did you tell Christy about this? She watched it happen. Okay. I'm sure she was she, not happy either I'm when sure she saw how far I was actually all. swimming. So, Does a pool noodle count as a boat? Oh, mm. no. Specialized um, equipment? Does a kayak? Does a kayak? Is a kayak a boat? Kayak's a boat. What about an inflatable kayak? Still a boat. Okay, still a boat. Good. Woo! -hoo. But that, how specialized? I mean, I go to the store. You know, I could order one off of Amazon. Like Jesse did. You like can Jesse order scuba did. gear off Amazon as well. Can you? Yeah, and a grappling hook. I looked it up the other day. <laughs> like the old school ninja grappling hook. Why are you looking at grappling hooks online? Oh because my I gosh. Can. Because you can. That's true. This it's is the America. internet. It's awesome. This is, this is America. Okay, so we're stuck on T5 again. So back. All right, back sorry. Difficulty. We're, we're back. Get back to difficulties. Okay. So I will admit to something, and then Sydney, you need to explain this. But uh -oh. I had I had a cache that um, I and I fixed it actually. It was a D5, and it and I think it still legitimately is a D5. It's very difficult. It takes a lot of time and effort. Um, it is a uh, extreme mental challenge because there's times that I've gone out and tried to do my own cash, and I can't. It takes me for the life of me. It takes me a while to do. <clears throat> um, you do have to have significant effort, but there was a time when. Um, a couple of the clues were missing. And so I modified and I, and I was trying to get to where I could fix it. But in the interim, I changed the difficulty rating because I didn't Ooh. know, because Ooh. I didn't, Ooh. you're getting boost in the chat room. Boo. I didn't know better. That's I was, I was, this is young geocacher here. I didn't know better because I made the wrong assumption that if somebody found it when it was a D five, uh, I think it's a. I think it was a five-two. Um, I said, I think. Well, if somebody found it as a five-two, and I change it to a four-two, then it doesn't matter because it, it does not. It's not affecting them. Nope. So, mm. Sydney, what what what's going on? What did I do wrong here? Other than what I did. <laughs> well, that would make sense 
what you just said. I wish it worked that way, but it does not. So if you hide a cache and it's one terrain and difficulty rating, and then you change it later on, it changes for everybody that found it previously. Uh, that's so wrong. It needs to lock. But then yeah. people would change it for their buddies even more than people set them out mm -hmm. now, right? I'll change it up to a 5-5 five, five today, and then it'll be back to a 1-1 one, one tomorrow. So I, I there's another side to that as well. Oy. Yeah. But you've seen that, and, and people don't think about it. They're not, I don't think people are doing it intentionally, just like you didn't do it intentionally. No, I but didn't I've know. I've seen a, mm -hmm. a puzzle that came out around here, and it had a pretty high terrain rating. I don't remember what it was, or difficulty in terrain rating. And um, the cash owner said on the page that he was going to change the difficulty rating based on feedback from the finders. Okay. That's you should do like that before idea. you publish it. Yes. Yeah, that's the idea of getting somebody to check it out. But they were they were a newer cacher. They didn't mean anything by it. I think they were trying to be helpful, but I think people don't realize that, you know, somebody may drive a long way to go to a cache just because it feels a weird spot. And not that we need to play the game based on statistics, but we don't want right. to ruin somebody's day either unintentionally. So well, and, and Ryan, who booed me in the uh, the, the uh, in the uh, the chat room, um, and so there was somebody else too, but I won't tell you who it was. So, uh, so don't go to so since Ryan <laughs> since Ryan said that, forget Moga, don't go to Moga, just ignore that. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but he says you should archive and replace. Now, I, I think one thing we should do though, and what I should have done, which was I should have at least disabled it until I could mm -hmm. go fix it. And once I fixed it, then it would be back to what it originally, you know what I'm saying? Because if it, if it technically, if it really wasn't a D5 and I needed to go fix it, I probably shouldn't leave it out there as an easier to find D5. Does that make sense? I should have disabled it and not so, focus or, but people then could find it still. I don't know. I, I'd agree with that. Island, I think if you had one on an Island that you're oh supposed boy. to go to, Oh my gosh! Should you disable it during the winter time when the island when the lake's frozen over? Oh, this some is people. A... Mm. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Ah. Uh, yeah. Wait. Uh, oh. No. No. Okay. So there is one cache here by me in particular that I can think of that's like that. You have to kayak out to it, or boat out to it, or swim. swim hmm? I guess swim. It would be pretty far to swim. I think. So mm -hmm. pretty much boat. But okay. then you also have to swim down 20 feet or Ooh, 30 feet. To get to it. To okay. get it. It's under the water. So that one gets disabled during winter, obviously, because it's frozen and very dangerous. <laughs> well, you can very like dangerous. ice fishing. You get those big old ice fishing things out there that make the holes in the ice, you know, and you just dive down and... Okay. Yes, I'm, but you probably should not. It's very cold up Speci here. Specialized equipment then at that point, right? You need a you need a wetsuit. Is that is a wetsuit specialized equipment? I would think so. You can buy it on Amazon, so it can't be specialized, right? I think we covered that Amazon has everything. <laughs> that, that's not the definition of specialized. Okay, go ahead. No. All right, never mind. Keep going. But the other thing was, if it's on, say, an island and you're up here in New York where either lakes freeze or things like canals get drained in the winter and you can just 
oh. walk to that island, mm. what do you rate your terrain for your cash? Because not all of the year do you need a boat. Only some of the year you need a boat. Wow. I, uh, that's a hard one. Because you can't, you don't want to change it during the year. Right. Because that's wrong. Although there should be a way to do that some way. But even if you disabled it, people could go find it. Exactly. Hmm. That's a hard one. Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? I'm looking to the chat room. See anybody's gonna answer. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants a, to answer that one. That's a hard a, one. There's a lot of silence on that one. That's tough. Yeah. That is very tough. Um. I don't know. I think puzzles that we we only really talked about puzzles with difficulty, but. Uh, multis or even that really great type where I goes can be just as difficult to rate <laughs> if you're doing, uh, you know, field puzzles or something else in the middle of them or earth caches. I've seen difficulty D five earth caches. How can there is D five T five earth cache, at least one, at least one, but it's like, yeah. how difficult can it be to, I mean, I mean, I, I, I guess I can, I mean, is there, Specialized knowledge of when you get to the Earth Cache that you can't. I mean, help help me out, Sydney. You're the Earth Cache expert. You're the platinum here. That's right. I mean, I'm not as good as Land Monkey, but <laughs> <laughs> I would I would think that. I mean, if the cache owner has some really specific questions for you to answer, that would increase the difficulty for the Earth Cache because there's no container to find. So it's not like you're you're looking for information, basically. But is that information so the most extreme mental challenge requiring specialized knowledge, skills, tools, or significant effort to find, solve, or open? Well, you can open an earth cache, but you get the idea. Let me throw a wrinkle into that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> when you're publishing earth caches, you're supposed to keep the geology portion... Uh, accessible to a certain grade level and something that somebody can do without specialized knowledge in the field of geology. There you go. There's no so out. So D5s, however, however, <laughs> however, you know, I can't throw one wrinkle in. I got to throw more than one in, right? Of course. Could there be difficulty in finding the information, not necessarily interpreting the information? Yes. Somehow. <laughs> yes, maybe. You you put a um you put a WVTM gadget cache at the location and you hide in that specialized gadget cache uh the information that is required to answer the earth cache. Can you, I don't know if you're allowed to do that though. Uh, there you go. Based on earth cache things, it has to be some sort of observation about the geology, not well, like I'm going to find this piece of paper that has the answer on it. Can well, you sign a container on an earth cache? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. There Hello. goes that. So there is one that I know about. Uh, there's more than one, obviously, but there is a 5-5 earth cache called Rim to Rim, and it is the Grand Canyon. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a hike from north to south or or the other way around. I think there's a recommendation on which way to hike. Um, but you have to collect information based on signs and the location near the signs um, 
on you know, sides, on the geology on, stuff. On the north rim and the south rim kind of thing? Okay. Yeah, so all the way through. So you have to hike all the way down and back up to, to go past all the locations. Oh, okay. Um, and there's even um, a few books that are recommended to read before you go on the cache page so you can understand how to interpret the information that you're seeing at the time. That sounds pretty difficult to me, although I haven't done it, so I can't mm-hmm. I can't validate that. But, you know, if you miss any of that information, you're kind of out of luck unless you're going to hike back down there again. So maybe that's difficult. Maybe that's a extreme mental challenge. That sounds like it. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. They just need to get rid of Earth caches. We'll be okay. Oh, but, oh no. I, I thought I was on mute. I didn't mean to say that. Oh, yeah. speaking of, someone in the chat says they should get rid of where it goes from geocaching.com. So. That's right. How do I block somebody in the chat room? No. <laughs> You're not going to block oh. somebody because of the where I go thing. All right. Come on. We're, where it goes. Come on, guys. We're, where it goes are good stuff. We're spinning our wheels at this point, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's wrap this. Let's wrap up this wonderful discussion and debate and everything. Uh, what are some final thoughts as we uh, we should do this again sometime? I think probably. So, I think we someday. barely scratched the surface. We could go on for hours. We could, but we're not. Yeah. But anyway, any last thoughts before we wrap up? I would. I would say that you know we we kind of what we easily demonstrated was that it's very subjective. We have a lot of, there's geocachers in the chat room that have a lot of experience between the three of us. We've got some pretty good experience and uh, we read up and knew we were going to talk about this ahead of time and still didn't really completely come to a consensus on any of it. Um, so it's, it's very subjective. However, I think it's also mm-hmm. fair to say that it's important, not just for your fizzy grid or for a challenge, but for people to know what they're getting into, because uh, yes. people plan trips around caches and people go out to an area thinking they're getting in for one thing and they, you know, the next thing you know, they may be getting in over their head or whatever else. So I think as cash owners, we got to be responsible with trying to do them as accurately as we can. That's yeah. my, that's my takeaway. Okay. Sydney. Um, don't change your DT rating <laughs> after the fact. Don't do it ever. Just don't do it. Don't ever do it. You're going to screw somebody's Jasmine or Fizzy Grid up. Not Jasmine. Mess up their Fizzy Grid. When you are placing a new cache, take that into some serious consideration. A lot of people just kind of click numbers. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it needs a little bit more thought than that. I agree. Very good. Good discussion, you guys. That was wonderful. Um, well, uh, coming up on the show... Over the next few weeks, uh, next week on show 45, wow, we're up to 45, uh, we're going to have on Devin C, and he's going to talk a little bit about the ASP Geobash Mega, and that'll be fascinating to hear about what they're doing at um, that uh, Allegheny, help me out, Allegheny State Allegheny Park? Allegheny State Park. Yes. That Sydney will be at. So make sure you um, book your time to go to that mega and drop by, say hi to Sydney and enjoy that uh, mega up in New York. And then the week after, um, Jesse and I are going to race home from Manhattan, Kansas <laughs> and, and do a show that Might night. Might just be me on the show. <laughs> Could be Sydney by herself, which that'd be fine too. But we're going to try to get there in time and do a recap of MOGA. 
uh, on uh, the 23rd. And then the week after that, on the 30th, we have uh, Meg, and, Meg and Jen from Geocaching HQ are going to be on the show, and they're going to talk about geotours, what's going on with geotours, how it's going, how can you get a geotour published, and all the ins and outs of geotours and how wonderful I think they are, as well as what you're going to think they are, hopefully, after that, sh- <laughs> after that show, I promise. Right. Um, so anyway, so folks, we hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Please email your comments, your rants, your raving about this uh, topic is great. And we'll talk about them in the future at geocachetalk at gmail.com. Don't forget Uh-oh. to follow us. Oh, f- boy. Oh, boy. Yep. They're going to be may have in. locked up. Well. I'm here. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at geocachetalk at uh G, uh, to Gary Slinkert at Memphis Mafia at Shermanator GC and Facebook at facebook.com slash geocache talk show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play as well as the geocache talk website don't forget to get, click the subscribe button and you can then see this here the show on a weekly basis and until next week don't just talk about geocaching go geocaching we'll say, found it.